0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on this kind of a gloomy, sad Monday to this edition of the James Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James, here as always, and today, I know it's kind of a sad, frustrating, somber, lonesome kind of day as the Chiefs fell yesterday to the Houston Texans, dropping to 4-2 and two on the season. They lost the game by a score of 31-24. And today I'm going to do my breakdown and my analysis of the game. And I know there's a lot of rhetoric and white noise going on about why people think we lost the game, what happened, and what led to the loss. But I'm going to try to break it down just a little bit better for you guys. Um, and I'm, as always, broadcasting live here from a very sunny, very beautiful Kirksville, MO, K Vegas, baby. My home away from home, my home away from Kansas City. Okay. So first things first, I gotta get to this. This is the first time in a very long while that the Chiefs have dropped back to back games. And back to back game back to back games at Arrowhead Stadium, nonetheless. And honestly, there's a lot of factors that go into the game, but it's more than what you just see on the football field. And that'll kind of be the bigger theme of this podcast. Things aren't always as they seem on the field, and things aren't always as they go. Things are the result of the bigger picture of things at larger play, things that things larger at play than what's actually going on on the field that has led the Chiefs to find themselves in a situation where they've their defense has become the laughing stock of the NFL. All right. So let me get started here. I'm going to work through some things. But first, I'm going to start out with a little recap of the game. I'm going to go through all that, and uh, we'll talk through it. So as far as this game goes, Texans won the coin toss. They deferred to the second half. Very interesting play. It's the same thing that Indianapolis did last week. Chiefs got the ball on offense. Things started as well as can be. They ran plays. They hit uh, the 52-yard play, which... Some contested to Daryl Williams. Some people contested that it was going to be an illegal pick. Well, number one, Travis Kelsey was getting held the entire time. So it's just kind of one of those things where if you're going to call an illegal pick, you're also going to have to call a defensive holding call. Led the Chiefs down. Chiefs got backed up some penalties. And then right away, Tyree Kill back looking healthy as ever. Caught the bomb from Mahomes. And it was on after that, dragged three guys into the end zone over him. It was about a 47, 46-yard touchdown pass. The crowd was going nuts. The fans were into it. Absolutely picture-perfect offensive start. Okay, now here comes the defense. No surprise. They're going to try to run the ball. Frank Clark, for the first time since putting on a uniform, did his job and did his job well. However, it was only for one single play. Frank Clark hit him, stripped the football as it bounced in the air, picked it up, ran about five more yards. The Chiefs were in absolute business. They had the ball at about the 25-yard line. In my head, I thought, wow, we might be about to go up 14-0 if that did not quite work out like that. Mahomes threw a couple of passes, had some incompletions. Once again, penalties, penalties, penalties. Just killed the Chiefs drive. They had to settle for a Butker field goal. No big deal. It was an, it was a holding on the offensive line. The Chiefs' offensive line had two backups in on the left side of the line. Martinez Rankin got the start at left guard for the injured Andrew Wiley. And once again, Cam Irving graced the Chiefs' offensive line with his presence as a left tackle. Texans come out the next possession, and they pretty much executed as flawlessly as possible. The Chiefs did make a stop inside the red zone. They held them to a field goal. That point, it's ten to three. Things are so look, still looking up. The Chiefs would then go on to have what I thought to this point might be their best drive of the season, if not this was the best drive of the game. Ninety yards, nine play drive. Mahomes looked crisp. Mahomes looked accurate. Mahomes looked precise. There was nobody on that field that looked like they could stop him that day. The way the game started out, and it culminate, culminated into a screen pass to Damian Williams for a touchdown, the second already passing touchdown of the day for the MVP. And it looked like the Chiefs were going to roll this one. They were up 17-3. to Things were looking up. Not so fast. Because once again, the Texans came out, and very calmly and very coolly, Deshaun Watson and Carlos Hyde carried them down the field, again, just running the football at will whenever they wanted to. And it was apparent very early on that the Chiefs' offensive line and linebacking core was severely overmatched. And it was severely overmatched. I saw, in my opinion, I saw guys in position to fill gaps, and it simply came down to the fact that they couldn't make a tackle and that Houston was just running all over them. Now, Houston, t- coming into this game, had the number one ranked overall offense in the NFL as far as points put up. They put up, a, they put up over 50 a week ago. So the Chiefs had to know this wasn't going to be an easy task. Nothing about this game was going to be easy. And the fact that the Chiefs personnel on their roster is just not designed right now to be able to stop the run in very high quantities. I mean, there's just they had no answer all day. Hyde come came and got a touchdown 17 to 10. The Chiefs come right back out and they start driving. And this is kind of where I thought the turning point of the game happened for Kansas City. Mahomes is throwing the ball, the interception that Patrick Mahomes threw, which a lot of people around the NFL, it was, they can't call it pass interference because it was an uncatchable football, but it still should have been a defensive holding call. If anybody with half a brain, Or that's not completely blind could see that. That they still definitely Travis Kelsey was definitely tackled. I don't know how that still wasn't a defensive holding call, but that was Mahomes' first interception all season coming in week six. A pretty impressive, to be honest with you. And it just that gave the Texans a lot of momentum and they came down. After the interception, they score another touchdown. Now they've got the lead. Now the Chiefs can be getting ready to. The Chiefs come down. Butker misses a field goal. The Texans come back. Interception on the long play. Time is running short. And Juan Thornhill and really the Chiefs secondary. I thought this was one of the better games they've played all season. They had their absolute work cut out for them. Deshaun Watson was probably playing like Tyron Matthew had described him as a 1B and Patrick Mahomes as the 1A for the best quarterback in the league. Mahomes more of the improviser, able to throw more out of the pocket, whereas Watson can run with his legs to pick it up while also having that cannon arm. But Juan Thornhill got his first interception of his career on a jump ball and a center field play, and it was a nice play. And really – like I said just a second ago, the Chiefs' secondary, I don't think there is much fault. They did what they could do. They did what they could do. I thought Tyron Matthew played the best game of anybody on defense. Thornhill, Sorensen, even Charverius. Charverius Ward had a very good game also. He actually was able to keep in check DeAndre Hopkins, so that was a good matchup for him. It played a lot of man, and honestly, he did a really good job. Bashad Breeland didn't play horribly, had some penalty issues through the game as it would go on. But then the Chiefs come out and that depleted offensive line. Mahomes goes back to pass, 30 seconds left. Chiefs have all three timeouts, and it's a strip, and Houston's got that football. One play after we were looking at a chance to go down and go up by a couple of more possessions, Houston gets the football. They go in, they score a touchdown, and they've got the lead headed into halftime. And this is the biggest turning point of the game, in my opinion. This is also the thing that the Colts did last week. For the second straight game, the opposing team has gotten the ball at Arrowhead to start the second half, and they have gone on long drives and eaten a lot of clock and kept Mahomes on the bench. However, they went on a long drive here. The Chiefs held them. They didn't didn't get anything going, and Kansas City comes right back out down by six points, Mahomes leads another drive, third down and goal. Mahomes is going to improvise. Tyreek's going to improvise. They're a match made in heaven like I don't think the NFL will ever seen before. But on a broken play, Mahomes rolls out, looks in, and Tyreek's just standing right open. Caught his second pass of the day, his second touchdown pass of the day. He finished with over 80 yards receiving. It was just an overall solid effort on his part, especially – coming back from an injury that some thought was serious and some didn't know if he would even be back as soon as he was, and he only played 29 snaps, there's going to be a lot more time in this season where Tyree Kill will make people pay. The Chiefs are just going to have to wait just a little bit longer. So they go down. We held them. But then in the second half again, like we saw so many other times, Mahomes got hit hard, got rolled up. The offensive line was let the offensive line let a lot of pressure through the middle, which is not all on the offensive line. The Texans were bringing pressure. The Texans were bringing a lot of stuff at them. We have our backups in there right now. They're just trying to do the best job they can. They didn't do nearly good enough, not by any means of the imagination. But up twenty three to twenty four the Chiefs held the Texans in the fourth quarter and they had a chance to get the ball back. In my mind, when the Chiefs were able to hold the Texans on that and get the ball back, in my head I thought, we're going to go down and score, we're going to go for two and we're going to put ourselves up nine and we're going to see what Deshaun Watson's made out of because up to that point in the game, Watson, a lot of RPOs, a lot of quick slants lot of Carlos Hyde just pounded in there, running for as many as he possibly could want at any given play. Chiefs go three and out. Three and out. I don't think they called any good plays. Mahomes was clearly hobbled at that point in the game. They come down. They come down. The Texans score a touchdown to go up in the game. Get the two-point conversion. Chiefs go three and out again. Chiefs punt the ball with around six minutes left to play. And with five minutes, the Texans held on to the ball for five minutes. That was the game. The Chiefs' run defense was was not able to step up and play anything. And with Chris Jones out, honestly, I don't know what we could have even expected for them to be able to do that because they're Alex Okafor, Frank Clark, Even Derek Naughty, Colin Saunders, Darren Lee, Damian Wilson. They had no answers against the run. The only people on the Chiefs team that I saw make any tackles or big plays all day were Tyron Matthew had over 10 solo tackles. Thornhill, Jordan Lucas, or not Jordan Lucas, and Daniel Sorensen. Those were the only Chiefs all day that I saw make open field tackles and actually get people down. It was a sickening and disgusting display from the Chiefs' interior front seven on their defense. The time of possession. The Chiefs had the ball three times in the second half. They scored a touchdown on one of those, and they punted two other times. But the time of possession, the the most basic concept in all of football. I mean, if you have the ball longer, you should win. Oh, the Texans had the ball for 39 minutes. The Chiefs barely had it for just a little bit over 20 minutes in the game. And most of that was in the first half. As the second half had absolutely no shot. They couldn't do anything. And the Texans deserve credit. They knew what the game plan was. They found themselves down big early. The Chiefs let up a big lead. The Texans knew what they had to do. They just kept sticking with the run game. And they just kept pounding it and pounding it and pounding it. And to be honest, this isn't Steve Spagnola's fault. It's not even anywhere close to Steve Spagnola's fault. I'm seeing people blaming him left and right. I'm sure those are the same people that tried to convince themselves Bob Sutton was a good defensive coordinator when he had seven all-pro players on the field at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that guy who had seven All-Pro defenders and was dropping Justin Houston back into coverage in playoff games. Yeah. I hate to break it to you guys. I hate to break it to a lot of people. Bill Belichick couldn't win a game. Couldn't win a game with the defense the Chiefs have right now. They're just – it's not possible to win with them, especially with Anthony Hitchens out. Anthony Hitchens is a lot of things, but Anthony Hitchens can tackle. He can tackle. He may be a little slow-footed comp- to play lateral, lateral. But when it comes down to north and south football, Anthony Hitchens can tackle. With him out, we got problems. And, we- and with Chris Jones out, the guy who we can at least make the equalizer on our defense, the guy who we know they're going to have to double-team every play, with him out, it's just a cakewalk. And you can't blame Spagnola, Yeah. The Chiefs played a lot of nickel defense. What good would bring in another linebacker? And Ben Neiman looked completely out of his league when he was in the game yesterday. When, And by chance, they did go with three backers. The Chiefs' best personnel grouping was the nickel defense. So it's, you have to think. You have to have the best players on the field. Well, I don't know what good bringing in another linebacker to miss tackles was. We might as well just make sure just DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Will Fuller don't just absolutely annihilate us. Because that very easily could have happened. And I was very impressed with the way our secondary was able to hold their own. I think that'll come back to play huge dividends as the year goes on. It might, if the Chiefs can figure out some form of pass rush for us. Because for the second consecutive game, not a single sack. More on that here in just a couple of minutes. Um, Once again, the Chiefs were the more penalized team. 11 penalties for 79 yards. I mean, Mahomes didn't start through the ball in very many good situations. The special—I don't know—Dave Tobes' unit is usually very disciplined, very smart with what they do. I don't think they didn't play very uninspired yesterday on special teams. A lot of penalties, the offensive line getting called for holding, and then just the random PIs and defensive holding calls they called at different times in yesterday's game, which the PIs and defensive penalty and defensive holdings. That's just more of what the modern NFL today is looking like. But, I mean, once again, defense just couldn't stop the run at all. And to be honest with you, the Chiefs couldn't run the ball at all. the Chiefs got so, so one-dimensional yesterday. Andy Reid, and also I'm starting to hear a lot of things. I'm reading a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people that are currently and I think maybe have been for a little bit on the fire Andy Reid bandwagon. I don't. I, I think it's because maybe those people don't know football very well and they only know what they see on the field. Firing Andy Reid right now, there is absolutely no way they could help this football team. Number one, because I don't think there is a better coaching candidate or option out there anywhere that would be better than Andy Reid. Number two, people are ignorant to how good of a play caller Andy Reid actually is. And don't get me wrong, Andy Reid has his flaws, but the way he's been able to develop Patrick Mahomes into more than just a thrower, to develop him into a gunslinging quarterback who just sees things that nobody else can, that's special. That takes somebody special. He's had the experience with Brett Favre you know that guy who's in the hall of fame just happened to do a lot of things that Mahomes is currently doing Mahomes maybe is a little bit more precise and accurate he understands a little bit better the concepts but my goodness wanting to fire Andy Reid over two consecutive losses wanting to fire Steve Spagnola he the man has coached 6 games And right now, the Chiefs' defense ranks higher than it did last year, so we should be happy for that. But, oh my goodness, I just can't even fathom. Let me be honest. I'm the biggest panicker of all when it comes to the Chiefs. I will overreact right after a game and say things. That's why I've waited a day to record this podcast so that I can think things over and look at things the Chiefs have lost two games. The defense has looked very, very poor. The personnel the defense has is also poor. But this is not the fault of Steve Spagnola, who's been here less than a year. And this is not the fault of Andy Reid, whose offense did produce yesterday, just not at the high quantity. Andy Reid does drive me nuts sometimes. I think it's just more of him being a West Coast kind of play-calling guy. Wants to spread it out, and me, I'm more of a old-school style. But I don't think, looking at it, that any of this blame should be put on the Chiefs' coaching staff. Because the Chiefs went out this offseason. They got some good coaches, man. They got the defensive line guru, Brennan Daly, from the Patriots. Matt House from Kentucky, they have a good defensive coaching staff right now. It's not a matter of that. But as I was talking to with one of my good friends, you can only teach so much in the NFL. There's a reason these guys are paid millions of dollars. It's kind of expected when you're in the NFL that you know how to wrap up and tackle somebody. The coaches in the NFL shouldn't need to put on a fundamental or Little League, or youth, or even a high school football clinic, every day at practice on how to tackle somebody, there's just a level of expectation when you get to that level of play that you're going to be able to make a tackle, and you're not just going to let people run through you and arm tackle and just miss. There's a certain level of expectation at that level of football that they know what they're doing. That's why they're paid so highly. And these guys have way too much to prep for and game plan for during the week especially against an elite offense like Houston, to have to go through and teach the basic fundamentals of tackling. They either have it or they don't. And this team, this personnel that Brett Veach has so badly botched, they do not have it at all. Like I said just a moment ago before I went on to just take a little bit of a break, Brett Veach... My goodness. Got took over when things just kind of got a little bit weird for a minute. Chris Ballard had just departed for a job in Indianapolis, but things still seemed all fine and good in Kansas City cuz the great John Dorsey was here and he had done so many great things like give out these big contracts to guys like Justin Houston and Eric Berry and also drafted great team guys like Marcus Peters, and and brought in guys like Sean Smith. And then he was fired for reasons I don't know. But since then, we have our nice friend Brett Veach, who if people don't realize, for the last three seasons, the Chiefs defense hasn't been able to stop the run in any capacity whatsoever. Whether it be in Bob Sutton, they haven't had... Bob Sutton, it was more of a scheme why they couldn't stop the run. They didn't really want to stop the run with Bob Sutton, I don't think. And now, the scheme is there. Spagnola has the scheme there. Personnel is not. The personnel is simply not there. And to address our lack of linebackers and lack of playmakers, all Brett Veach did this offseason was let go of one pass rusher, Justin Houston, who still had a lot of potential, bring in no linebackers, and draft more safeties, and bring in the Honey Badger. Well, I think we're all thankful to have Tyron Matthew on the field right now. But that other guy he brought in you know, to be our pass rusher, Frank Clark, like I said earlier, tremendous play on the first play of the game. Came in, stripped the ball carrier, got the ball, picked it up, might have even scored a touchdown if he hadn't gotten tackled from behind. Guys, that was the first and last play Frank Clark made all day. He didn't do anything after that. He was getting absolutely man. It wasn't even a contest. Laramie Tunsil just manhandled him. It wasn't even close to a contest. Laramie Tunsil just beat him down for the second consecutive week. I've seen him just get thrown around. The explosiveness, the defense, the athleticism, the violence, it simply wasn't there again. Pro football focus graded him as playing well against the rush. He had maybe five – he had what they call five pressures on the quarterback all day. In my eyes and what I saw from looking at replays of the game, he didn't even come close, guys. Didn't even come close. There's no pass rush. Alex Okafor. We knew he wasn't a great pass rusher. Just nothing there on his end. Emmanuel Ogbo was silenced. Derek Noddy, not really a guy who we can see. Is not really a guy who we expect to be a good pass rusher. He's our he's our nose tackle. They want him taking up the double teams, taking up the inside. He didn't really have. He didn't have a great day either. Nobody in the front four really did. And Colin Saunders, who's taking over because of the injuries to uh, Chris Jones and Xavier Williams. Good luck. The rookie looked completely outmatched, completely outmanned. I mean, he was a blocking dummy out there for all intents and purposes. I don't think I saw him get in on a tackle all day. It was that bad. Things aren't gonna get any better. I just need people to know that from the defense. Things aren't gonna get there's not gonna be a magic trade. I mean, do we really trust Brett Veach, the guy who brought us in to this predicament that we find ourselves in now? Where we have absolutely not one player on our team that can make a tackle. Do we not realize just how much trouble the defense is in? And it's still not panic time, because we knew the defense wasn't going to be good. They can still figure it out. I see people wanting the Chiefs to trade for Patrick Peterson or Jep. There'll be no trading for a corner at this point. I think it's become quite clear and quite obvious. If there is a position of need, it's linebacker. Because the guys they got right now, undrafted rookies, guys who've never played snaps anywhere else, Darren Lee, oh, who's got all the intangibles in the world to be a good linebacker? Can't tackle. Can't tackle. Saw him wrap up DeAndre Hopkins for what would have been a minimal game. Lets him slip three. Hopkins runs, first down, about a 10 or 15 yard pickup. That I mean, there's just, I'm being honest, there's just absolutely no chance this team has with the play like that on defense. The only thing that can possibly give them a chance is the offense. The best the best remedy for our bad defense is our offense. And that's going to fall on Andy Reid to figure it out. He's going to have to figure it out. Mahomes, people talking about him sitting out, he's not sitting out. Competitors don't sit out when things get tough, when things get a little gritty. They don't sit things out just for the health in the future. Let's not forget, this ball club is still 4-2. and This ball club still has the best wide receiver, the best tight end, and the best quarterback in the NFL. They can overcome a lot of things that other teams can't quite overcome. And I think that they're going to do a good job of putting on a display of that here very, very soon, this Thursday night in Denver. But it's going to fall on the big man himself, Andy Reid great coach. I love him at times. I hate him at times. He's going to have to figure it out. They are going to have to quit the penalties. This week, I thought they did a better job of taking care of the ball. It's unfortunate what happened to Mahomes on the interception. And you know what? Sometimes a quarterback's going to get stripped. He's done an outstanding job taking care of the ball all year long. It was a couple of uncharacteristic turnovers from him. And now we're going to have a chance to go out here and see what this team is made of. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a war. Denver is going to try to establish Philip Lindsay early and often. All right. Let's make Joe Flacco beat us. Let's see if we can at least do that. I want to see us trying to make Joe Flacco actually beat us. Because I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be doing any of that, guys. But one more thing that I want people to think about. A couple of more things. It's not doom and gloom time yet. This isn't over. It's not even close to over. Since Patrick Mahomes has taken over as the Chiefs' starting quarterback, they've never lost a game by more than one possession. Hasn't happened. I think the most they've ever lost by is seven points. Lost by seven points this week. Lost by six points to the AFC Championship game to the Colts. Lost by six to the, I don't know, lost by six to the Patriots in the AFC title game. Lost by six to the Colts last week. Uh, They lost to seven to Seattle. Lost to three to the Rams and the Patriots last season. And And lost by a single point to the Chargers. Do people not understand how close this team is to being completely undefeated since Mahomes took over? Or do people not understand just how difficult and how competitive the ridiculously, ridiculously competitive the NFL is? And to have a number like that, this is a good football team. They did not play their good foot, their best good football though. And let's give credit where credit is due. The Texans are good. They might be legit. They have problems on the defense of their own. Phillip Gaines, who uh, that's going to come back to hurt them down the line. And they also might end up having problems. I don't think their RPO run scheme will be able to sustain, sustain success as long as it can. And also, their offensive line has holes. The Chiefs defensive line and linebackers were just terrible, though. They have looked better protecting Watson. People need to take a deep breath and relax. The Chiefs are going to be fine. You don't just have a guy like Mahomes. He can keep you in any game. And you know what? In this game, if a couple of play calls, if Andy Reid changes his play calling just a little bit when the Chiefs did have their few possessions in the second half, Things could have been a lot different. If Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over a couple of times, things are a lot different in the outcome of the game. Because I did see something from our defense. They made a couple of stops. By the end of the game, they were far too, I think they were too gassed. They had to sell out on blitz. I would have done the exact same thing. It was all Spagnola could do to prevent the chance of them running. And you know what? They went in zero coverage, man coverage, blitzed the house. DeAndre Hopkins, great player, made a great play. Watson delivered the ball right on the dime. It was the only place the football could go, and he put it right on him. Props to them for that was a great play. But Mahomes is going to keep us in games that we probably have no business winning. People just have to realize that. Because when Tyree Kill is ready, if Sammy Watkins ever comes back ever again, If Travis Kelsey decides to quit looking for a flag every single play and just man up and take somebody's will like he used to do, then I think this team is going to be all right. Especially considering the fact that the AFC West is just one big, hot, steaming piece of crap. It's all about Mahomes and people are going to have to realize that here very soon. The defense, it's not good. It's not going to get a whole lot better. But they did what they they did this week what they have to do. They turned the they got a couple of turnovers. They made a few big stops. And you know what? Every once in a while it doesn't help to have the football gods on your side. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully I'll be able to get another one up. I'd like to be able to talk about more than just the Chiefs. It's just what's been on my mind today. It's, when it, it's what's kind of been all around. Really, it's kind of the big story around the NFL right now. The Chiefs are losing these consecutive home games. So I just wanted to give my opinion on it, give what I had to say, and hopefully at some point I'll be able to talk maybe a little World Series baseball, maybe talk a little bit of NBA, some NASCAR in there, um, I think at some point this week I would probably like to break down some more NFL matchups for this upcoming week, and I'll probably break down the Chiefs Thursday night game at some point this week. Also, when I at some point after that game, it's going to be a tough game in Denver. There's never been the Chiefs have never had an easy game in Denver, though they have completely owned Denver, owned them. I want to keep up that domination. Well, the Broncos aren't a good football team right now, and I know people are panicking and panicking that we can't stop the run, and they have a good running back. Phillip Lindsey is good. The Chiefs have the talent to beat the Denver Broncos, and they have the talent to beat them soundly. Bradley Chubb is hurt. Vaughn Miller's their best pass rusher. Oh, yeah, we still have that guy, Mitch Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good right tackle. Vaughn Miller hasn't done too much on him in the past. We're going to have to rely on him an awful lot to be able to control that. I have confidence in him. I think it'll be okay. I think, honestly, the, if the Chiefs are going to – the Chiefs might be able to run the ball a little bit. Now, Denver has one consecutive game, they just shut out a pitiful Tennessee team. Key for the Chiefs, I think they're going to have to establish a little bit of running game. I would love to see Darryl Williams get some more touches. That guy has got some juice. LaShawn McCoy, he just doesn't do it. For, he does not do it for me the way this team is set up right now. This team needs a back that can break tackles and bust something out of nothing into four yards. Shady, he's a speed guy. He's a finesse guy. I just don't think he's quite what the team needs right now. We need somebody that can just control the clock for four or five and hold on to the football. Defensively, they're gonna have to stop the run. We'll see if the linebackers play better. Um, Denver doesn't have anybody in their receiving core that really frightens me or I don't think the Chiefs will have an answer for. And I'm certainly not afraid of Joe Flacco playing quarterback, especially with our is Pat Mahomes. The Chiefs are going to try to protect Mahomes' ankle. It's a short week. It's an ankle sprain, guys. He's got a sprained ankle. Taking this game off isn't going to make it feel any better. You know, it's just one of those things. He's just going to have to tough it out. But when I look at that guy, he's a competitor. He wants to play. They're going to find a way to win. Tyree Kill's all juiced up. He's got fresh legs. He's going to be ready to go. It's going to be primetime football in Denver, and the Chiefs have a chance to go in there and knock him off one more time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. Keep on keeping on.